Hey, everybody. Welcome to this month's version of Metal Misconduct. I'm Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records. And joined, as always, this month by phone, our co-host Sean Rourke from NHL.com. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. And we have uh, a repeat, I guess. He's just going to become a regular here, I think. Uh, he works out so well. Emmy Award winning comedian. Amazing. Superstar. TV personality. Celebrity of all kinds. Don Jameson. He does it all, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> exactly. None of it well, but he does it all. See, we're trying to lend some sort of credibility to this to this podcast, so having somebody that won an Emmy for an actual sports-related <laughs> thing is uh, a big thing for us. So thanks for uh, re, uh, redoing your uh, appearance here again. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm very proud of the Emmy. That's right. You should be. Yes. It's well, and it's you know, it had its uses in, over the years. I mean, now that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a settled down, committed type of guy, you know, the Emmy it just looks nice, you know, uh, you know, up on my desk. But when, in my single days, Sean. You know what I'm talking about. You put that Emmy on the nightstand, that's an aphrodisiac to a chick. That is a chick magnet, I've heard. Absolutely. So Did you shine it up and like point a light at it so that when the light yeah. hit it kind of you know, <laughs> had that spiraling effect of the lights hitting it? Yeah, it, ha it had its own spotlight. Aura going off. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so Sean, um, there's no NHL hockey now. What, what do you do for the summer now? What do I, we plan for next year. Europe's right around the corner. There's uh, six teams going to Europe. Maybe get out to Germany and uh, catch some good German metal in, in uh, early October, and uh, relax a little bit. No, well, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's helpful. So the the summer for for hockey and and like a guy like you at NHL dot com, I mean, I, I get you know obviously there's the draft and there's the awards and all that stuff that happens that kind of is crazy, and then there's whatever trades and all this stuff happening. But during the summer, I mean, it's pretty pretty mellow. What do you do What do you guys do at NHL.com to kind of keep people uh, paying attention to the NHL during the uh, offseason? Uh, we do, uh, well, first of all, as you know, being a big fan, uh, July, early July was full of fireworks. We had a free agency opened on July 1st, pretty much ruined my 4th of July. But uh, a ton of players changed teams and a ton of money. A ton of money was spent on uh, on players. Your favorite team uh, changed a lot through trades and free agency. The Kings. The, so, King, the uh, Kings are not my favorite team, and in fact, right now, after all those trades they made, I'm even much less of a fan. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna support my Pittsburgh Penguins. And, but, but my team made out great. Well, now we'll we'll get to your team in just a second here, Don. Hold on over there. All right. I'm, I'm anxious. But, so for the rest of the summer, uh, what we'll do is we'll we'll look at all the teams. You know, next month we'll do a thirty and thirty uh, segment where each day we'll take a team and we'll look at how they changed. We'll look at their uh, their prospect system. Uh, most teams are having prospect camps this month, which is a fine time to go skating in the middle of July. Yeah. And so we'll look at some of the prospects that are coming up that can make the team. And then in September we go into full preview mode because the season starts. Uh, in, in late September there with the exhibition games. So uh, it's not as long as it used to be, the offseason. Every year it seems to get shorter by a week, and uh, this year it's going to be even shorter. So now you mentioned the L.A. Kings, and this is a real big bone of contention for me. And I, you, know, you and I haven't talked about this, but we can talk about it now. I'm very much under the impression that the moves that they made are not good moves. They're very typical L.A. King moves. What they've done is they've given away all, almost all the talent that they had built up, all this draft picks 
focus and talent they had built up. And look, if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you have to build from within, whether it's the Penguins or the Caps or the Blackhawks. All these teams built through the draft and their draft picks. They kept their picks. They did not trade them away like the Kings have done for 41 years. Now, did they better themselves in the short period of time? Sure. I mean, Mike Richards is a good player. Simone Gagne is a very good player if he stays healthy. Um, you know, they've got Dustin Penner, which, you know, the, the jury's out on him. It, this is his last year before uh, he's a UFA, so uh, unrestricted free agent. So that may help. But I think, you know, they'll, they'll be better this year. They're certainly not going to com- compete for the Stanley Cup. And the, the cupboard is now bare. And when this experiment, like all the other experiments, this reminds me of the 1990s Kings when they brought in all those players and they went to the playoffs for a couple of years. They got into the second round and that's it. And then they finally were horrible again. They start building up through the draft and they get rid of all their talent. And here we go again. What's your take? Well, for, for someone who's not into the Kings that much, that was quite a mouthful. <laughs> well, I, unfortunately, I follow them because I live here, and they, they drive me insane, and they're driving me insane again now. Well, let me drive you a little more insane. The Philadelphia Flyers finished their rookie camp uh, this week, and uh, Braden Shen, who came from uh, the Kings to yeah, He's, he's going to be a superstar. That, that, that'll go down as one of the worst trades in history, I think. He had three goals and an assist in the ending scrimmage and was called a man among boys among all the flyer prospects. So that should make you even a little bit more crazy. Um, but for, as far as the Kings, you know, I, I don't mind the move. I think it's something that looking at the outside and not being a passionate fan of theirs, that I, I think sometimes the market dictates that a little bit, that they need that superstar guy, and I think that helps. And, oh, and they I just, they just traded away the superstar guy with Braden Shin, though. But nobody in L.A. knows who Braden Chen is. At least uh, there's a chance they're going to know who Mike Richards is. And I think he's going to be a better player in L.A. than he was in, in Philadelphia. You know, I think his time had come to an end here in, in Philly. Uh, it, that was a pretty ugly room by the end. And then when you look at what Paul Holmgren did, I mean, he just gutted that that team. And that was a team that a year a year ago was in the Stanley Cup final and, you know, with a with a core of young talent. And he, he basically took a hand grenade and threw it right in the middle of the room and blew everything up. So, you know, On the King's end, I think it waits to be seen, but definitely I understand your point about the mortgaging the future a bit. Yeah, and you know Richards too. From you know what, like I don't know. I just hear these things, so I'm just uh, you know uh, you hear stuff. But he was basically kind of part of his problem was he was a party guy, and so he's leaving from Philadelphia going to L.A. Like, hey, where does a party guy want to go? L.A. So that's certainly not going to help him concentrate on hockey. I think. Well, no, but I think a lot of times those things wake guys up that have problems, whatever those problems are. I think, you know, especially in Philadelphia where both him and Jeff Carter, who got traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, when when those guys, you know, they thought they were going to be flyers for life. Both of them had long-term deals. They were very comfortable where they were at. There was really nothing outside pushing them to do anything, and and now there's something pushing them. I mean, I think they look around and they, they see how fast, they can lose, you know, what they have. And, and I think, you know, I think Mike will go to camp this year, and I, I think he'll be a different player. That's just my take on it. Right, well, you know, when Braden Shen's lifting the Stanley Cup and the Kings are, again, terrible, I guess we'll, we'll talk about that then. But Well, um, this is even worse, because I think this was on NHL.com. Um, they released uh, Wayne Simmons to make room for a Luke Robitaille return. <laughs> hey, actually, I would like to see Luke play at this point. But, yeah, Simmons <laughs> w- w- went, too, who was a big fan favorite. which is Oh, did he go, too? Yeah, he, w- yeah, he, went, in, he went in the Shen deal to get Richard. And Simmons was the big fan favorite, and that was a, a bad move. So the Kings, of course, were involved in the Brad Richards Derby. And, of course, the Kings, like they always do on these big free agents, didn't win. Got the but, wrong Richards. But Mr. <laughs> exactly. But Mr. Don Jameson's team, the Rangers, won the Brad Richards sweepstakes as a Ranger fan. Don, are you you should be pretty ecstatic about that, right? Well, not only ecstatic to you know to get 
this guy who's definitely you know going to be a great player, and maybe Marion Gabrick will score a goal this season. And, <laughs> but uh, the the even better news is we did not uh, take back Yaramir Yager, so I'm happy about that. Oh, so that's a double win for us. Don't rag on my buddy Yager. I'm he's just a, saying. He's a good dude and a metalhead as well. I but, know, uh, but you yeah, know. he probably would not have been a good fit with the Rangers though. So, so Sean, what's your take on the whole uh, Brad Richards to the Rangers thing? I think Brad Richards to the Rangers is is one of the few free agent signings that when I looked at it right away, I said, this really makes a lot of sense. I mean, they needed a guy like that. They still kept their young core intact, which is your main contention with the, with the Kings, is that they didn't do that. For once, the Rangers kept their young core intact and didn't take all those guys and say, okay, we need somebody that people in New York recognize as a superstar. We'll give away all our good development players and we'll bring this guy back and we'll have nobody around him. They still have the people around him to make him good. I thought that the, the length of the contract's a little long. I mean, nine years he'll be 40 when it's done yeah, but he's and, only uh, making good. what a million bucks at the end of the deal per yeah, year yeah well anyway, the way so. the deal's structured it's not going to be that bad a hit but uh, it's going to be a great deal but I also think it'll be a little interesting to see how Brad handles New York you know you talked a lot about Mike Richards a couple of minutes ago Brad's played in some pretty small hockey towns you know Tampa Bay there's not a lot of pressure there even though they went to the Stanley Cup while he was there and won the Stanley Cup while he was there Dallas again you know not uh, media hotbed as far as the top five or eight teams that are covered hockey-wise. New York's a far different story. A lot of players haven't been able to cut it in New York for whatever reason. I don't think Brad's going to be one of those guys. You know, I, I think the key to this whole thing is John Tortorella and the fact that he's going to be his coach again. I thought Brad played his best hockey when, when John Tortorella and, and his intense personality was uh, kind of pushing a laid-back Brad Richards to do things better than he had ever done them before. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a good marriage. Obviously, it worked in Tampa. I, I wonder, though, if it's enough for the Rangers, though, to go from a, you know, kind of a, a good team to, you know, are they an elite team now? I mean, look, the, you know, the Penguins theoretically should be better if they, as long as, you know, Malkin and Crosby are healthy. I mean, the Flyers are going to be very interesting to see how they come out of this whole thing. So where do you think the Rangers rank? It, 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 I mean, not even in the whole Eastern Conference, but even in their own division. Uh, their division is going to be a, uh, is going to be a bloodbath, and you know, just in just in the East, I, I think it, it's it's going to be unbelievable. You got the Bruins who won the Stanley Cup, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning who were you know second and, and made it to the Eastern Conference Final. You got the Washington Capitals who I think are better than anybody in free agency. I mean, they got the best goalie on the free agent market for one point five million dollars. I still can't figure out how. George McPhee did that, but they're going to be better. The Flyers are far better. The Penguins will be better if they get Crosby and Malkin back. So I, the Rangers had to do this move just to stay where they were, I think. And, you know, I think their defense is still a little young. It's a good, young defense, but it's a young defense to go against some of the teams that they're going to play in the East that have a lot more experience. So, you know, I, I don't think they're there yet, but I think they're building in the right way to, to be a, a, top, a top three team in, in the next two years. Cool. Well, let's. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah, the only thing you got to worry about now with the, at least I think the team is solid now. You don't have to worry about the team like melting down. The only person you got to worry about melting down is the coach. So <laughs> exactly. Well, it should but be that's always always a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> well, it should be an interesting season. So, uh, tell me about Ghost Dawn. Just a really cool, cool unique concept. It, it's it's funny because you, you, when you hear it, you wanna you go, wow, this is something fresh and new. But it really isn't. It's it's a combination of a lot of weird elements you have heard before, you know, uh, all put into 
this great image with the with the costumes and and everything else, and uh, it really it's really kind of awesome. And Sean, you're a big fan of Ghost as well, right? I, I am. I really got into him during the playoffs. We mentioned this in the last last month's uh, Metal Misconduct, and, and probably maybe two three days after I talked to you, I was in the elevator uh, in Minneapolis at the draft talking to somebody about them, and I was trying to explain it, and I forgot I was in an elevator with a with a collection of other people that don't have the same musical taste as me. And by the time I finished explaining to my friend why this band was awesome and why they had to check it out, everybody else had climbed off the elevator and turned around and looked at me like I had four heads. So uh, <laughs> it, it was it was quite the conversation that must have uh, went on in that elevator that I didn't even realize but uh, they are uh, to me it's one of the more exciting new bands to come out it's just the music the music is so so dark and dreary and I mean that in a good way like very atmospheric Um, I can listen to that album four or five times a day especially when I'm commuting back and forth from Jersey to New York here and it's so short you can easily do that too yeah Cool. So yeah, if you're, that's the the lesson here is if you're not on an elevator with a group of Satanists, <laughs> keep your yeah, ghost opinions to yourself. Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come on, ghost. If you don't know the lyrics, it's pretty mellow. But uh, anyway, it's it's summertime now, and of course, summer for sports is a bit rough for me. Like I used to, I grew up playing baseball as a big baseball fan, but it's hard for me to get into it. And of course, living in Los Angeles now with the whole disaster with the Dodgers, it's uh, quite depressing to even. It, well, these are the dark days of LA sports. I think between no football, the Dodgers are horrible. The Lakers are in flux. The the Kings are what they are, and maybe the Ducks will be good. Who knows? But um, anyway, it's kind of a mess. But anyway, so the dark days of summer for me. The only thing I can get into is uh, I'm a huge IndyCar fan, so it's uh, I love watching uh, IndyCar. I don't know if you guys ever pay any attention to that. Probably not. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. And it, you know, it's not a big it's not a big sport in New York. But the big event. Yeah, no, I- Go ahead, Chuck. Oh, sorry. I'm a big Eurosport guy, so I do pay attention on occasion to auto racing. And I know they were in Toronto recently, and uh, that was pretty interesting to kind of see the whole Toronto uh, reaction to a sport they don't see very often either. Yeah, that was a, that was a, uh, that was a crazy race, too. I saw that race. But anyway, not to bore anybody because I know IndyCar is not a big thing. But the big summer events, sports and music-wise, is the Big Four at Yankee Stadium in September. So I haven't been to the new Yankee, Yankee Stadium yet. Have you guys been yet? I've been, yeah. How is it? I heard it's nice. It, you know, it is. Of course, uh, you know, being a Met fan, you know, when when both, you know, the fields open, the new fields, I went to both right away. And once again, the Mets get outclassed by the Yankees. The See, stadium is so, so much better than City Field. Really? Yeah. See, I've heard the opposite. I haven't been to either one yet, but I heard actually City Field is better than Yankee Stadium, even from Yankee fans, no? Well, I mean, if if you want to talk about from like, uh, you know... Uh, you know the, the Yankee Stadium. You know the, that right and right center is a bandbox. I mean, they're just you know hitting homers out of their left and right. And the well, City Field obviously is not is built for pitchers, so they're different parks in that way. But it's just as far as the you, when you're in Yankee Stadium, you feel like you're you know you're in Yankee Stadium. When you walk in a City Field, you could be at the ballpark in Arlington. You have no idea where you are. <laughs> Ooh, ouch! Have you been, Sean? I have not been. As a, as a Red Sox fan, I, I try and limit my interaction with Yankee Stadium as much as humanly possible. <laughs> I went a lot when I was young and stupid here. Um, as I've gotten older and now have responsibilities, I, I tend to uh, avoid value, it. You, as you much tend to possible. value your life a little bit more, is what you're saying? Yes, yes. I, I hear you on that. So That's, that's stupid. So now, <laughs> so now as, a, as a concert venue, 
uh, since, well, I guess we have to talk to Don because he's the only one that's really been to the new Yankee Stadium. How do you think it's going to set up for a concert? Like, I, I just look at it from the aesthetics of the layout. I'm wondering how is that? Seems like a lot of those nice seats are kind of far from the stage, right? Or no? Well, I, I mean, they'll set it up so that it's you know that it, it works somehow. I mean, it, but I just it's just going to be a great event. I think it's going to be really cool, and you know, you know, I think. Uh, when Mustaine walks in there, you know, Derek Jeter won't be the only guy who got his 3,000th hit in Yankee Stadium. So <laughs> it's going to be fun either way. Awesome. I wonder if, uh, I wonder how many, like, is A-Rod going to be there with Cameron Diaz in a box? Yeah. Is he feeding him popcorn during Megadeth's set? That would right, be kind yeah. of interesting. You're going as well, Sean, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's right before we leave for Europe. So uh, that should be really cool. Uh, the thing that'll be interesting to me is, you know, a lot of these places have had shows like that. This is still during the baseball season for for the Yankees. I mean, they're the best team in baseball, so they should be playing into October. It'll be interesting to see how the stadium handles that concert, especially if they have people on the field. Well, they'll, um, they'll definitely besides. have people on the field, and it's going to be a huge problem because they used to have uh, every summer they would have uh, uh, the the big show up in Oakland. I mean, no, not that anybody ever goes to those games, but they would have, uh, you know, these day on the green shows up in Oakland during baseball season. And they, the fans a couple of years just destroyed the completely destroyed the field. And they had, they almost, they had to delay a couple I forget when it was, but they had to delay a couple of games because they had to completely resaw the outfield. And even the gravel on the infield was all torn up and everything. So yeah. And Metallica Slayer, Megadeth and Anthrax fans are known to be very calm and mellow. So <laughs> yeah. I'm sure those kids down front will, will be very uh, respective of the field, right? Well, actually security said their, their biggest concern now is they're actually bringing in extra guys to keep, Keep uh, Scott Ian from stealing one of the bases. <laughs> exactly. So. You might be stealing more than just the base there, probably. You're trying to take things out of the locker room, yeah. un- unhooking Derek Jeter's nameplate right. off of his. <laughs> so who knows? Well, at least we know, though, if there's anything missing, that you know exactly where it's Search came the anthrax. Scott Ian. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Scott, Scott Ian definitely has it. So well, it should be, should be fun. I mean, I mean, you guys, neither. Well, Don obviously was at the Big Four in India, so you've seen it once already. Yeah, so it's sure. kind of old hat for you. But, Sean, you haven't seen it yet, so. No, no, it, it should be it should be fantastic. I mean, it, it's the whole spectrum. You know, I was listening to WSOU the other day, and uh, they were playing an 80s thing, and the guy was like, you know, the second hour is going to be all thrash, and I'm here to tell all you young kids that there's more than four thrash bands, and then he named the big four. But it's, it's still a pretty impressive uh, part of your childhood if you're our ages where you that's where you learned about that kind of music, and, and that's still the touchstone of, of what anybody can do. So to see all those bands together for as long as they're going to play. Plus, I, I, they, I've heard in the past they've done, they've always kind of done a Misfits cover wherever they've played, and that'll be awesome if they do that again at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, they're going to do something. You know, they've been doing these shows over in Europe all summer, the big four, and they have they've been doing Diamond Head covers mostly because Diamond Head's actually been on the bill uh, and joined them for a couple of the jams at the end. But they said they're going to do something special at Yankee Stadium. So I'm not really sure what that could be, but I'm going to guess that they're going to have some sort of uh, special guest that will probably, or guests, plural, that will probably come up there and do something. And I'm sure they'll be New York related, so you guys can let the... Uh, um, rumor mongering role I there, but anyway, since we're talking about the big gonna, four, I was going to say there's a good guessing game right there. Who's going to get on stage from the New York area? But again, that ties right into the Misfits. I mean, Glenn's from here, so uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be him. 
Yeah, he's uh, a Jersey possibly. boy, right? Yeah. I don't know where he's living now, but he's, he's certainly from there. Well, he so. lives in L.A. now, right? Yeah, I think so. But look, you know, yeah. there's a myriad of, of potential options there. So it, Yeah, uh, he, may, he may ride on Satan's wings out to Yankee yes, Stadium exactly. for this. Clearly, the Yankees are not having a home game that night, I'm guessing. I wonder uh, how long they're on the... double bill. Yeah, Yankee, <laughs> Yankee afternoon game, big four at night. Come on. Day-night yeah. doubleheader. Yeah, that would be perfect. awesome. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. So yeah, and also, and Jeff Hanneman will be back from you know yes. with Slayer, which will be great. Um, and that'll be his first gig back, actually. Yeah, so. and Gary Holt from Exodus has been holding down the fort, and also your boy Pat O'Brien. Yeah, from Slayer played some from uh, Slayer from Cannibal Corpse. He's in Slayer now. No. Yeah, Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, he did some dates over. in Well, Europe Jeff over the Jeff is recovering too. from necrotizing fasciitis, is that, which that is it? also the name of the new Cannibal Corpse CD. I heard <laughs> uh, that would be good. Uh, it's actually not, but it would, but. Maybe we maybe they should do a song like that. I'll mention yeah. to, I'll mention that to them. I'll give you we'll give you we'll give you some sort of writing credit if that. All right, excellent. Yeah, publishing. I need it. So you now, have, go ahead, Sean. You should actually have him write it. It could be a comedy song. Yeah, exactly. Well, Don Don has his own. Uh, if it, let's put it this way, if Cannibal Corpse doesn't use it, Don has his own uh, death metal band called Gunfire and Sodomy. So yeah. you guys can pen that track if Cannibal doesn't want to use the song title. No, well, we'll get I, out of respect for them. Twenty minutes of twenty years of, and plus of doom, they, they can have first shot at All right, it. Cool. We'll, we'll we'll see how that rolls. Although I was just down there uh, a little while ago and they're recording a new record and they have about fifty-five song titles already. So <laughs> that may that may muddle it up. So. Uh, of course, we might be getting ahead of ourselves because by the time you guys hear this, we're taping it a few days ahead of time. Uh, the NFL strike may be over, but the NFL currently is, well, lockout. I'm sorry, it's not a strike. It's a lockout. So since Don won his Emmy uh, based on the NFL, we should ask you your take of what's happening here with uh, this whole lockout and player uh, uh, disruption, I guess. I, I mean, look, to me, football season, you know, to a lot of to a lot of guys, but to me, it's it's sacred because it's the only sport left where there actually is like an off season where it feels like you've waited forever and ever for the sport to come back. Hockey, there's like nine days in between the season. Basketball, there's like four days. So it, you know who also are going to lock out, but but football's the one where it's like if your team, especially if your team doesn't make the Super Bowl or get into, even to the playoffs, the off season is so long and frustrating. Now, luckily, my Jets have gotten you know to a game away from the super bowl so it's it's been somewhat bearable but it, it they've got to figure a way to get it on the air yeah you figure i mean i guess that they're the the next uh the next date they're saying is it's much towards the end of july which was you know a few days ago from you guys listening to this uh that they might have an announcement so hopefully by the time this airs there's a good announcement and we all could feel good about it but i still can't believe it you know i get it that you know it's a whole big political business entity that's got to be sorted out there's a lot of money there but i can't believe that they would be giving up so much leaving so much money on the table i mean, you know you, you work within a, a league environment i mean can, what's your take on the whole lockout thing hey you never know what's going to happen i mean we went through this uh in 2004 2005 you, 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 know, you, you smart you smartly lost the whole season yeah, well, hey, well, I don't know about smartly, but, uh, you know, it, it's so difficult because the, the issues are so broad, you know, and, and it's hard to understand when, when you're living in the trenches and, and you're going week to week, paycheck to paycheck, to understand the money and kind of say, well, how can this be what they're fighting over? But, you know, it affects everybody at such a different level, and, and sometimes you're amazed 
at, at what happens. I mean, you look at basketball, they're locked down now, and it looks like they're going to go for a long time. And I think that's as much, you know, David Stern's swan song as it is anything else. You know, he wants to go out with a victory for the owners. So once, once you get to that point where you draw a line in the sand and you say, okay, we're not going to play, and then everybody kind of digs in. And, you know, once things start getting lost, they don't mind losing more stuff. So I, I, to me, the big deadline is, you know, they're talking about, I think it's the 21st of July. And if, if they don't, have a deal by then they're going to start cutting into the preseason and then once you do that it becomes a lot easier because it's all theoretically you can say oh we're going to lose the first four weeks of the season we're going to lose the first eight weeks of the season you you i think in football you need to see something done by that july 21st deadline or or it may go for a while yeah and i guess you know you mentioned the labor strife in the nba and that of course a lot of this is nobody's going to do anything because the cba for baseball is up at the end of this season too i believe and the nhl has one more season and they're all saying that whatever deal the nfl does will kind of you know the other leagues will use that to kind of mirror them so i guess everybody's like the, certainly the nba is waiting around to see what the nfl does well i was just glad that uh rex ryan um predicted jets winning the super bowl before the lockout yes <laughs> So I'm glad he doesn't got he that, that out of the way. Doesn't he do that on a daily basis? Uh, yeah, I think anywhere he goes. Yeah. In the grocery store. Hey, Rex, what's going on? We're winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's a prophet. He travels around and he you know, he tells his, his flock you know, his prophecies. So but I appreciate something, that. There's something to be said for that. He, because he, Go ahead, John. He's also said that they've won the lockout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, Jet, the Jets have won the lockout. So uh, they got that going for them, too. Well, they're screwed because they have like 17 free agents and like we need all of them. Well, I think that what he's trying to do is just repeat this mantra that, you know, if, he, if you say it enough, it'll happen. Yeah. So everybody will believe like, well, Rex has said this a thousand times. So maybe they already have won the Super Bowl. We just don't know about well, it. Well, so. look, if they get Plastico Burris, they'll win the Super Bowl. And I want him. There should be no hesitation. Put your wife's feet down. Get this guy on the team. Buy him a holster. Do whatever you got to do. But get Plastico Burris on this team. You know, we could get rid of send keep, Edwards keep back to Cleveland. Him, well, get him a holster. You know, get him something safe. <laughs> But get him on the team. We need him. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. Sanchez. You know how many passes Sanchez fires over the head of their short receivers. So you got Plaxico who's like six six. He's going to pick those out. Hey, look, he's a great receiver as long as he can you know keep himself together. But that's all right. He's, he's he shot himself. He didn't shoot anybody else. <laughs> that's fine with me. Well, hey, that's true. Well, I mean, he'll just you go know. to Philadelphia with all the other uh, yeah, he could ex, uh, cons <laughs> there, I think, or Miami. They're they're building up a Miami and Denver are building up a pretty good reputation. That's of guys true. Who yeah, are getting in and out of prison as well, or stabbing their, themselves. Brandon and Marshall and yeah, exactly, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, well, I guess if there is no football in, in September, the only thing we have to look forward to is the Big Four show, like we mentioned earlier. And w- when it, when does the preseason start for the NHL, Sean? Uh, it'll start in uh, late September, uh, about the camps will open mid-September, September 15th maybe, or the 21st. I, I don't exactly have the date. And then uh, we go over to Europe to open our season October 4th. Well, it's coming up pretty soon. So Don, uh, we, again, we have the list. The, the listing. Don Jameson is such an insanely popular and busy man. We have to. It's going to take us twenty minutes to list all the things he's doing. So first of all, his comedy CD live and hilarious is available now. You can check it out on iTunes. You can buy it in stores. Metalblade.com. Metalblade.com. Amazon.com. You know, anywhere that you can buy. Uh, Mediocre uh, comedy albums. Exactly. Well, no, great mine. comedy album. Come on. 
Uh, uh, it's fantastic. Av- I listened to it before the show again. A fantastic album. Oh, thank you, Sean. I appreciate it, man. Awesome. So, so you've got that going for for you. You've got stand up all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the, metal show. The, I was just going to say, of yeah. course, that metal show. When does the new season start? August twentieth. August twentieth. So it's coming up in and just it's, a few it's, weeks. It's, here. it's, cool. it's the, the show. I, I I can't say the guests yet. I'm I'm, I'm handcuffed here. I know. There's, I, they're I, good though. I, I know some of it's, them. They're good. Oh, it, it's it's a it's it's bigger and badder than my sideburns this season. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, I'm going to connect them this year. Oh, I didn't know you could do such a thing. Yeah, well, link 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 them all together. I'm going to link. Them at the bottom. All right, perfect. That's a good playoff beard right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really, I'm waiting for some NHL that that some sports guy, especially in the NHL, they've got to grow that for the play instead of the playoff beard, the playoff mutton chops. There, it's got you got to set, set that trend. Don. Yeah, well, it's coming I'm, around. I've been trying. It's it's the one thing on the show that really either women said they love it, but it infuriates ninety percent of the guys. Yeah, yeah. For some <laughs> yeah. reason, I don't know. There, it's a bone of contention, but. And what? Anything else going on aside from all that good stuff? Ah, uh, no, just uh, you know, uh, you know, collecting all the royalties from the live and hilarious sales. <laughs> you know, we went top ten on you, Billboard charts. You might be able to buy uh, some many cups of coffee with that. Yeah, <laughs> top ten on the Billboard comedy charts. It just, yes, it means I've sold an, in excess of fifteen exactly, albums, which exactly. is awesome. So. I, I, it's still impressive. I mean, Absolutely, top ten. It's awesome. it, it was weird seeing on on Billboard dot com like my CD in the top ten. It was like. It was like when you know when you were a kid and you went to an amusement park and they could put you like on the cover of People magazine. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. they would take your picture and put it on a magazine. You know, and you would think, oh man, this is cool. That's what I thought it was. I thought like somebody photoshopped it, and I didn't care. It still looked cool. Yeah. Well, hey, you know we can do. How do you know? Well, anyway, we yeah, maybe metal. Yeah, you guys yeah, are pretty good at metal blade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we have connections there. So, uh, all right, cool. So we're going to end this. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Awesome, uh, man. It's fun. fun. And uh, Sean and I will see you all. You guys next month.